Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. This is a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. So welcome back, everybody. My name is Brooke, and this is episode number 30, number 30, and I have the one and only Lauren Jones. Who's she? She sounds amazing. I know, man. I feel like you've been, I feel like you've had a summer. Like this has been a... A summer of, of of rest and and such. Wait, are you in, are you implying that not in a bad way? Okay, not that in a bad way. In a working good way. hard? No, I feel like you've just my you've, little you've insecurities had all just came to the surface. <laughs> As it appears, like I've hey, welcome to <laughs> welcome to episode thirty, and I'm going to air my my grievances <laughs> with our lead pastor right now. Uh, it's because I just got back from Hawaii. Episode thirty-one. I don't blame through... you at all for, for being jealous. <laughs> episode thirty-one through anything in the future will be led by a different host, not named Brooke. <laughs> so if you don't like me, then you can come back next week and it'll be different. We'd have so. to replace you with another guy with a girl's name. That's right. That's right. Brooke well, and Lauren. There's not very many of us. Nope. No. Okay. So, but you've had you you just got back from vacation with your family. Yes. Tell me about vacation. How was how was the time off with your family? Getting to spend them. I mean, we we have school that starts in uh, a week from like, Thursday. Like a couple of days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, depending on when someone listens to some this. of the teachers are, are a lot of the teachers are already, already back there. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was the end of our summer, so to speak, like a lot of people. And uh, I mentioned even from uh, the stage to our people um, when I taught. Uh, that it was just our effort to be really purposeful with Abby. Abby's uh, about to turn 18 next week. She's a okay. young, recent high school graduate and going off to college. It's our, I know some of the people that are listening have are ahead of us in the journey. Um, and then a lot of listeners probably just haven't gotten there yet. This is a first for us to mm. send one of our kids a out kid of to the college. Nest. Yeah. And so I'm like, incredibly excited for her because I just think she's amazing and yeah. she's got a good head on her shoulders and I love anticipating what she's going to learn. And, uh, but I'm also like super sad. Mm. Like I just love my girls and she's under my skin. She's my firstborn. Yeah. And, um, she's probably the most like me of all the kids. That makes sense. Um, I was a firstborn. I don't know if that's tied together, but Anyway, I'm we're we're taking her. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm digressing ahead, but uh, <laughs> vacation was awesome because we got to spend some time together, the six of us, lots of meals, uh, flying on a plane, which my girls never do. So it was yeah. it was a huge treat just to to fly all the way to California and then all the way to Hawaii and be in a place that is not normal. It's not Wichita Falls. It's not Denver. It's not Houston where we used to live. It's it is beautiful beaches yeah. and sand and um, we just green. Everything was luscious green. Yeah. The food was incredible. Very expensive. I don't know how people live there, <laughs> but uh, it was really fun. It was really it was restful. Yeah, and I had my sling on all week. I uh, saw you uh, jumping off a waterfall. Yeah, okay. I'm and I'm terrified to do that stuff. I'm not trying to to be a like trick anybody and think I'm brave. <laughs> no, I asked all my girls, hey, there's like a 30-foot wall, a waterfall cliff. Anybody want to climb up there and jump? Because there's other people doing it. Yeah. And of course, my 17, 15, and 13-year-old all said, no way, Dad. And my 11-year-old's <laughs> like, let's go. Woo! And so me and Hannah climbed up there, and she jumped first. I'm nice. like, you have to go first. I don't want to leave you up here by myself. And she's like, okay. And then she's gone. <laughs> okay, she's bye. jumped. 
And so then I have my arm <laughs> in the sling with my broken clavicle, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sure that that leap this may felt be good. a bad idea. Yeah. I was actually more worried about swimming. To the, okay. first, I don't know if I've, I think I've said on the podcast before, uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. swim. So I can't swim. <laughs> I have one arm, <laughs> and, and I'm about to jump 30 feet into this I didn't pool. Think, I didn't even think about that right? when I saw that video. And so then I'm, I'm on my back doing a one-armed, ugly backstroke. <laughs> all the way. You're going in circles. It's like, I only got one arm. I'm just uh, I, I made way. it. I survived. <laughs> My 13 year old, honestly. I wish I had a video of that. Like, I don't want to. I saw that video, but I want to see the video of, of, you, swimming. of you swimming in circles, <laughs> trying to do the backstroke, one armed. Help. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not even kidding. I had no uh, idea, but once I got to where my girls were on the shore, I got out, and Carrie told me, she was a little mad at me for doing it, but uh, my daughter, Rachel, who's 13 and, and pretty anxious about things yeah. um, in general, she was tearing up. Worried like, about you. Like worried that dad was going to drown. Yeah. Not, not die jumping, but drown. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no idea. Yeah. I was putting her through that stress. That's funny. Other than that, you saw that picture video. Uh-huh. Um, it was such a fun, restful week. Was it restful? That's it, good. It I was super. Travel, I always try to take advantage of those yeah. things, and I do it too much. I'm like, oh, gosh, now I'm exhausted. I didn't take the naps that I thought I would. Yeah. Because I just don't take naps anymore, but I would have loved some afternoon naps. Mm. But... um. We went to bed early and got up at decent hours, not early. Yeah. And and then when I'm on the beach or when they're snorkeling, I'm sitting in a beach chair because I can't. I stay, I did snorkel, by the way. Did you? One time. You, I'm glad. You were texting me. I did, yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did because it, it didn't really hurt. I just I used nothing but my legs. I'm I told just a, you. a mermaid with no arms, you know. <laughs> but we saw sea turtles and nice. tons of fish. and But most of the time, I'm sitting on the beach in a beach chair under an umbrella. Yeah. And watching my kids just have a ball. I was old man dad for sure. It was restful. It was yeah, good. That's good. It was good. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so so you go from that and you mentioned that Abby's about to go off and, and be eighteen. So school's starting. You know, um our our summer is coming to an end this week as well. I guess I guess ours we, we took the week off last week and, and just You kinda, had your own incredible tropical vacation. Where so, where'd you guys go? So tropical. We went to um let's see, where did we go? Um, you went to Target. We went to Target, and I think I made a trip to Lowe's, and I went to Walmart one time. I drove around the lake one time. You know it was what? Real nice. In all seriousness, staycations <laughs> are underrated. I think. I don't know. I I always it's I always, not as glamorous. I have to like force myself to be restful. I'm just that's just not. I'm not good at that. Uh, especially on a vacation time, I'm like, if we're gonna go do stuff, like let's take advantage of this and go do stuff. And I I want. You know, my body says, no, we should take naps, but my kids don't like that. And so it's like, well, if I'm going to be the fun dad here, I got to, I got to go do something. But, but so our, our summer is coming to a close as well. And I think, I think our kids are, um, they're to the point that they need to go back to school because so they don't kill each other. So they don't kill each other. <laughs> Literally. So they don't kill each other. Like yesterday, it was like, oh my gosh. Like I felt like all we've done this week yeah. is, try to keep our kids from like literally punching each other in the face. That is a common cry of parents that I've known over the years is, yeah. is first of August. It's like, please let's oh my school gosh. start, please. And we've had fun. Like it's not yeah. been, like we haven't, we haven't done much. Like, you know, it's just been, we've been hanging out and they've played with friends and yeah. we've swam and, you know, done whatever. But Still, it's like, oh my gosh, these kids need to be around their friends and not ours, yeah. not our, not their siblings for a while. Right, no doubt. 
So you said you said that having Abby going off it makes you excited for her, and in what's coming up, it makes you sad because she's your is she your uh, basically your copy. Yeah, she's de- well. She's not a clone of me. Thank God for her sake. Um, <laughs> she's she's more confident and secure at she'll be eighteen on Wednesday. So I'll just call her an eighteen year old than I was for sure. Mm. I was shy and and fairly insecure. It's weird. I was the captain, one of the captains of my high school football team my senior year. Um, granted, it was a really small school, <laughs> but all at the same time, I was painfully shy. And, and not real confident. I went off to Baylor University, didn't know a soul. And I was walking around just incredibly quiet and nervous. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that Abby's not going to be nervous and quiet, you know, at a big school like Oklahoma State, you know, this week. But at the same time, I just, I marvel at her confidence. I think part of it is things like being in musicals and being on a cheerleading team mm. in front of a stadium and yeah. w- leading worship here at Colonial. Right. And I never did any of that kind of stuff when I was a kid, other than play football. And then you got a helmet and on. You got no, a helmet nobody on. Nobody knows who you, you are. Like. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm excited for her. Um, I think she's. Ah, I'm just. Other than her safety, I'm a dad. Right. So I worry about guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know what it's like to be 18 or 19 or 20 as a guy with hormones. And I worry about uh, just her safety and her naivety, you know, if she's not careful at night or um, other than that, I just, I'm so excited for it. Now I I did allude to, um, you know, my wife is, who's not the feeler. I'm the feeler in our relationship, but she is like super sad. She'll tell you, she's like, I don't know if I can do this. Hmm. She's already said I'm gonna just boohoo the whole way home. Uh, I don't even I don't even have I think room to be sad. You got your you need a playlist for on the way home that's yeah. a happy <laughs> you know something that's like okay we just left her now turn on the music so we don't have to talk. Uh, but you know it does make me wonder I, I don't know how far down this bunny trail we want to go but there's something about letting our kids grow up and go out of the nest that is really hard for a lot of us. You know, so you're you're ahead of me by um, my oldest is going into junior high, which yep. to me is not Sixth scary. Grade, right? I'm like I hated junior. Your high, oldest is my yeah youngest youngest kid, right yeah. So so I haven't I haven't experienced that. I don't know what that looks like to have you know have a kid go off to college and right. and in a different state and several hours away. So is there like is it is it just that you won't have her around? Is there a sense of uh, loss of control maybe? That that's is it is it just the protection side of it that you get you know maybe not no, just but you know what? a mix of everything or what for us and I think this is actually a compliment to myself. <laughs> let me uh, did I just say that? Let me pat myself um, on the back. For I, a moment. I think we did this part well. I think <laughs> I think we don't feel that much in control now. Yeah, like even her junior senior year, uh, she's you know off in a car somewhere mm-hmm. and making a lot of her own decisions. Uh, we don't feel like I can, we can be that protective. Um, but it's, I think this is where the challenge is for all of us as parents is, you know, you start out infant completely dependent right. on your parents. Yeah. Well, the goal is at, in our society at, yeah, eight, right. at 18, you leave the nest or you at least get a job or go to school or whatever. And you're on your own. And, the hope is that doesn't look like, you know, this flat 
graph mm-hmm. and then at the end it drops mm-hmm. it's it's meant to be this slow release mm-hmm. you know and especially i think into high school and so for example this is this may be a stupid example but it was probably 4 or 5 months ago we sat down with abby and said you know what in just a few months you're going to have your own dorm room and you're going to have your phone in your room all the time and you need to kind of learn how to not be on your phone all night and you need yeah. to kind of learn how to um turn it off at times and and you need to learn the hard way that you're going to be surfing social media at 3 a.m. going, what am I doing? Yeah. And so, you know what? All your sisters still can't have their phones in their rooms. That's, that's one of our rules because we don't want them up at night on them and we don't want right. them unsupervised and doing stupid things. We're like, okay, it's your senior year. It's February, whatever it was. And so it's like that. It's this gradual mm-hmm. letting go. If I could be more specific in a positive way, I think we're just going to miss she's awesome yeah. she's she laughs that's cool you know, she's got a great sense of humor she's got a tender heart for people i'm just gonna miss talking to my daughter yeah. and um abby stays up on a saturday night with me sometimes watches a movie you know it's it's different than my 11 sure. year old you know right um we watched a shawshank redemption together for the first time for her first time yeah probably three <laughs> Not weeks first ago time. And it's a rated R. Yeah. It's got s- several scenes that are, I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, am I doing the wrong thing? Showing this Can to my daughter. And I she's, fast forward through this? she's almost 18 going off to college. Like, right. And on top of that, it's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> and she loved it, you know, but that's a different experience than my, my Hannah, your Jesse right. at 11. Right. We're watching, you know, Captain Marvel together. I know. It's like, and there's still, I'm like, uh, I know we're still this. like, oh, he just said that <laughs> word. She I'm doesn't like, know what that is. A really good timed cough. It's like really good. Ha! <laughs> right here. It is different. It is different. Um, I do think letting go is really hard. Uh, and you and I were talking even before we started recording, even just about letting go in the church, if we can digress there. It's just, yeah. church is meant to be family. And it's meant to be a shared community experience. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's people moving away with the military, like we have here in Wichita Falls, or people, you know, getting jobs elsewhere, or um or or even people changing churches, I think that's that can be really hard. Because as much as we're happy for people, sure. And we're and and we preach a lot here, right? Yeah, right. That we're we're we we are for Grace and First Baptist and City Hope and First Methodist and First Presbyterian and we, we are for these other churches, but all at the same time we we don't want to change family members. Right, like that just feels yeah weird and, yeah. and sad. I guess it's, you know, it's easy to say that when and 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 mean it. Not not, not that we don't mean it, but like when when somebody new comes to town and they're like, hey, we want to. You know, we're looking for a church home. It's like, hey, well, you know, you could come here, or you could go over here, or you could go over here. Right. Like, you know, that's, that's different because they're not that's, attached anymore. Exactly. And then when you see somebody that you've spent time with, yeah, that's like, yeah, we're going to go to a different church. Well, like, can that, I? That hurts more. Can I be honest? Um, we just had our first more about colonial event. Yes, we did. Um, and I met a couple that's only been here. Uh, this is their second time. I love that they've only been here twice. Jumped into more about colonial. Want to jump into a group. I'm excited for them. They seem really cool. They moved here a year ago, and they um, started attending another church in town. I guess I won't name them because I've already given some details about who these people are. But they another church uh, uh, that I like, and I know the pastor. And but in my head, I'm like, okay, so you've been there for 
X number of months and now you're coming to colonial. That's probably a bad example because they're still early enough in that season of trying to find home. Right. Um, that's a bad example. I'm thinking of other people who were a part of colonial for yeah. many, many years who are at other churches in town, you know? And, yep. um, I think I struggle less than at least some people I know with f- taking that personally. Sure. Um, I'm warm just to have this general sadness about it. Like, how does that happen? Like, how do we change families? You know? Mm-hmm. And then back to the original point, I guess, how do we let go? How do we cheer on my, cheer on my daughter right. and yet mourn that she's gone? Right. How do we cheer on, you know, someone who changes churches here in our little, our big little town mm-hmm. and yet be okay with being sad about missing them, yeah. you know, and the impact they were having on our lives mm-hmm. or other people around us and uh, letting go is tough. Letting go loss in general, sadness, right. um, yeah, loss is tough. Yeah, we, even even when it's even when it's a good thing, and you can see the growth. Yes, you know you can see growth in their life, or yes. or growth in the people that are around them. You know, right. depending on where where somebody is in their journey, going someplace else. Like, sure, yeah, there's the there can be a very you know that painful like ah oh, man, but I love them, right? You know, and it's like, but now I don't get to spend time with them. But in uh, on the letting go side, it's like yeah, but now now there's so many more people that can be exposed to this person or that they can be exposed to and, and, uh, and, and get to know and, and make an impact on, yeah. and, you know, I, I don't know if you're ready to change subjects, but let's do it. Uh, but loss is tough. That made me immediately think of, of what we mm-hmm. announced at church to everybody uh, this weekend that, yeah. uh, Martin Beck passed away. And, uh, I don't know how many of our listeners know or knew Martin personally, but, Suffice it to say, he was a superhero yeah. uh, at our 32-year-old church. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's putting it, overstating it. Mm. Um, I think if you made a, we're not, and I guess you do a lot of Mount Rushmores in sports. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking more than four. You know, if, you had a, if you had a dozen superheroes of Colonial mm. over the years, uh, there's no doubt that Martin Beck would make that list right he just blessed so many people in so many ways for so long um i wanted to ask you on our podcast Mm -hmm. you know i met martin three years ago when i moved here he was in a wheelchair wheeled up to church wasn't coming regularly even then he's already pretty sick yeah i remember that uh i've only known him in his less healthy Mm -hmm. season i've i've visited him you know uh where he's in a bed and he's not, you know, at his capacity that he was before. Right. We've had some really good conversations and, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed what little connection I've had, but all the other stories of him being healthy and running around, you know, serving and giving his life away. Those are, those predate me. They don't predate you at least to some degree, to some degree, right? Tell me, tell our listeners what you remember about a, a superhero like Martin, um, when he was just actively involved here at Colonial and and following Jesus, yeah. Well, he, you know, when we when we got here, he was it was kind of the tail end of his of his like um, 
He real, was on staff though. Real right? involvement, right? And yeah. he had he was still on staff, but uh, when when we got here, um, but he wasn't he wasn't around very often. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, he was here on the weekends. I didn't see him much, but he, but a lot of what he did was care ministry, and he went and he met and prayed with people in the hospital, and um, and you know when they, when somebody was hurting, he was there. And, uh, and so that was, that was one thing that was just really impressive was that, you know, that's, that's what he did with his time. And well, and you, you could, you have spoken to me about this, but at some significant level, our church was, um, I think admittedly a come to our thing church sure for several years, yeah uh, but maybe a bunch of years, certainly not in its early s- stages, but, but the last several years uh, before I got here, for sure, it was a, it was a come to our thing church at some small level. We're probably still like that, but to have Martin who embodied, right. Oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not about coming to our thing. Yeah. I'm going to, Oh, you're in the hospital. I'm going to go to your bedside. Right. Oh, you have a need. I'm going to come to your home. Right. Like, and he, th- he invited people, he invited people in, um, very much not to necessarily come to our thing, but to to be there, but to to build relationships with them, and to mm. um, you know, I, I think the first time when we came down to to interview um, back in 2015, I think it was, um, we uh, I <laughs> he he just like literally came up to me and my wife, right? It was just the two of us. He came like right up to us and basically like grabbed us and was like, "I'm going to pray for you," and I was like. Okay, and uh, <laughs> right, right here, right, right now, right here, and right now. Oh, you mean right now? Like we're not, we're not doing anything else. But you're gonna pray. Okay, you're praying. All right, <laughs> you know, it's like I don't, I don't know this guy. I don't know who he is, and and he was, he was bold, and he was loving, and he had his own little handshake about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, no way, no and, way. Uh, for, for those people that have been around Martin, you guys know full well exactly That's what I'm awesome. talking about. Um, but he, you know, he was just that embodiment of um, of boldly praying and loving the people that are around him and inviting people into into relationship and not to a thing. Mm. Um, I know, uh, you know, from from his story, what what little I heard about his story of his his um, struggles with addiction and things like that in uh, in his previous life, if you will, um, and the ways that that led him to to reach out to the people that came in um, and were struggling, whatever, you mm. know, through, through, uh, through CR back in the day, mm. um, people that he just met around that were dealing with some sort of an addiction or a struggle or whatever, it, you know, just getting to know people that were going through that kind of thing that were like, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm here because of Martin. Mm. I've, I've made it this far. I'm involved because of, because of Martin, because of the ways that he loved me and welcomed me and hugged me and prayed for me and, and made me a part of his day and his mm. life. And, and, uh, he knew, you know, he's the kind of guy that knows everybody around town. Like you can't go anywhere with Martin without taking forever because you had to stop and talk to every single person that you pass by because he knew every single person that you passed by, you know, and especially coming in as a, as a new person to town, you know, back six years ago, like I didn't know anybody. Nobody and, knew you, but they all, right. Knew everybody knew Martin. So it took forever <laughs> to do anything because Martin was, he cared about everybody and he knew everybody's name and he remembered them all. Like I suck at that. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember everybody's name. And that was just, you know, that was just Martin. So, well, he certainly was gift. I, I do want to add because I, I shared this with everybody when we announced it, uh, but we need to all be praying for for Wanda, right? Um, his wife that uh, I, I can only imagine losing your best friend, your lifelong soulmate, 
um, as happy as I am for Martin right now and being whole and with Jesus, mm-hmm. um, I am sad for Wanda. But how we deal with loss, you know, it's part of life and in this fallen world. And whether it's someone moving away, someone changing churches, someone um, dying in their, their latter years, uh, other tragedies of loss all too young, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, spontaneous mention, uh, we do have a grief share study that is kicking off again in a few weeks. And uh, I think for a lot of people, that's just timing. Yeah. Like you and I might not need that today, might not need it this fall, but there may be some other people that are listening that uh, whether it's very recent or maybe it's year two, three ago, and you just haven't really felt like you've dealt with it in a, in a good, constructive, healthy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a fantastic short-term study that's all about how do we grieve well? Right. How do we take steps forward? It's Christ-centered, and it's led by um, a couple that has gone through hell and back yeah. and has experienced God being there with them through it all and experienced healing and, and coping uh, in some, I think, healthy ways. And so look for that on our app. That's a, that's a spontaneous mention since we just talked about loss. And uh, I, I, I'm convicted. I think about marriage. We're not supposed to never fight. We're supposed to learn to fight well. Mm-hmm. Um, in this life, we're not supposed to, oh, if we give our lives to Jesus, we'll never experience pain and mm-hmm. loss. <laughs> no, but we are meant to experience pain and loss differently. Yeah. Uh, Paul says, don't grieve like everybody else who has no hope, we're supposed to grieve differently. Yeah. You know? So for whatever that's worth, grief share, check it out. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that registration for that is actually open right now for a uh, couple weeks, right? Yeah. I believe it is the next couple of weeks. If it, along with our other groups and studies, uh, click on connect. And then I want to join a group or a study. Yeah. And that grief share is through the studies option. Okay. Um, so we are, we are what, week five into our six weeks of our radical minimums? Yes. Right? Is that correct? Uh, so just to rattle them off here, and except for the one that we'll, we'll talk about next week. So week one, we were listening intently. We asked two questions every day. Um, what is God saying and what should I do about it? Two, training deliberately. We, uh, we learn from someone and invest in someone about following Jesus. Three, we sac- give, giving sacrificially. I can't even, I'm re- literally reading it. I can't even say the words. We sacrificially give to our family and to our faith family, and then we're skipping number four and coming back to that next week, and this week is number five. Engaging purposefully, we engage in a purposeful meal, drink, or activity with someone each week. Correct. Yes. So... That's a uh, that's that's a list of things. And why why did you why, why yes, did you skip? Yes, it is. Thank you for that. It's so helpful. Why did you skip? Why did you skip? Why did you <laughs> why skip? Why do you four? want to ask a question like that? Because that's what my my skip? brain says. Well, four is after three, not five. My can, son is not the one. Counting. Can I be one hundred percent candid? I wouldn't say this on stage, not because I'm embarrassed or or but I just don't want to waste the time. Okay. But on our podcast for our engaged listeners, uh-huh. can I give you a peek behind the you're curtain? Willing, you're really, willing to waste the time. What really here. happened? Uh-huh. What really happened? <laughs> uh, Ron, our executive pastor and Jordan, our spiritual formation pastor, uh, generously agreed to teach on a couple of those so that it would allow me 
to enjoy both my my vacation at one point, like mm-hmm. I just did with my family, right? And before all that, so I can enjoy my sabbatical week. Okay. And God bless them. They're like, I'm in. You know, I'll send me in from the bullpen. I got right. this one. And I told Jordan that he could teach on training deliberately. It gets him out of bed in the morning. He is all about leadership development. He's all about training. So Ron gets up there, does his thing, does uh-huh. a great job teaching on the first one, listening right. intently. I get up there the second week, uh-huh. and I teach training deliberately. Right, because it's number two. Because it's number two. And I just was in, you know, <laughs> do my thing mode. And then a couple <laughs> days later, Jordan and I are talking. He's like, uh, I thought I was it's about that. I thought I was going to get to teach on that. <laughs> I was like, oops. And he'd already done some preparation. Uh-huh. He definitely done a lot of thinking about it. He's not a last minute guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what do you want to do? And he said, well, I, can I just take a different slant on it? Can I just double down on training deliberately? We'll call it training deliberately revisited. And I'm like, you know what? Our church needs this. Why not? You go. You go, man. Yeah. And so he did a great job taking a, a different slant, his own version of what it looks like to train deliberately. Uh, and so then I was on pace to do this fifth one this week. It was going to be a five-week series. Right. But when we added that week in the middle to allow okay. Jordan to double down, I just kept my same rhythm, and I did the fifth one, and that gives me a little more time to do the fourth one. The good thing is this, as you're going to hear me say this next Sunday <laughs> – is these are not meant to be linear anyway. Yeah. We're not saying, okay, hey, before you train deliberately, you have to make sure this. you listen intently. Hey, and before you give sacrificially, make sure you, you know, train right. deliberately. It's not supposed to be in order. They all mm-hmm. are, are standalone. They all build on each, into each other. Having said that, um, it may be a little confusing. <laughs> Next week, our... I didn't know if there was... A, you know, I knew that story, but I didn't know if there was something like specific no. about... Your your ordering okay. That's no. I didn't mean to like throw you under the bus there. But I also <laughs> didn't explain it to everybody today. For example, on, on stage, in part because um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Other than it's we just have numbers on. It's things part five, sorry, and next week's part four. Right. What is going on? It, it's part four on week yeah. six. It totally makes totally makes sense. Of sense. Yes. So yeah. Well, I I um. So uh, you used the video clip from The Chosen. Yes. Which I've still not seen. Loser. I know. And you tell me that every time we... Seriously, every time anybody up. out there listening, can I interrupt you right now? <laughs> anybody out here listening, if you have not watched The Chosen, you are doing it wrong. Oh my goodness. I think portrayals of Jesus over the years in film have been largely awful. He's just this quiet, pious... Um, not real life person. I mean, how, in fairness, how do you portray God in the flesh sure. and do it justice? This series is incredible because it brings his humanity. He's fully God and fully human. And this series, they just do such a good job. The clip we showed today, uh, it's from season one, episode eight. There's eight episodes in each of two seasons now. Um, and I just finished season two this past week yeah. on vacation. It's phenomenal. So good. Okay. If you love Jesus, I'm I'm serious. If you love Jesus, you will love this show. Okay. Because they do such a good job. I I watch them bring these scenes to life, and I literally am thinking I want to be with him. I want to follow him. I want to hang out with him. I want to do what he says. Like just like the scripture right. should should serve right. to do in our lives. But it's on the screen. It's visual, and I'm such a visual guy. 
See, and I think... Did that, you like the scene from, t- from today? Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I was going to say. So, and so, you hadn't seen it, right? No, I haven't seen... I literally have not seen anything. I, I don't even know that I've seen the actual trailer for, okay. the, for the first part. So it's literally just... I, I had no idea that it existed. I literally I thought it was a movie that it was, you know, and, and growing up in church... Um, being involved in church, working at church for you know the entirety of my life, those kinds of things tend to like um, get ignored on my radar because I'm, because a lot of them just are not good. Right, they're just not very good. No, they're um, a lot of them are terrible. Unless it's Mel Gibson, and obviously that just changes you know everything. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I did I did think Caviezel. He did a great Pastor job. Christ did a good job. He well, just didn't talk much. The fact that it was in that it was in Hebrew, I thought was really interesting. So um, when but the the clip that you showed today, like I thought it was a, I thought it was it was done really well and it was really powerful and like I found myself at the end like excited with her, you know, and yes. I'm like like as she is like digging through the pain that she's like I'm feeling the pain. I'm like yes. oh okay okay, and so and so now I'm like okay well maybe I maybe I got to go back to um, it. You know what? I didn't plan on that because obviously it was it was meant to be just a reinforcement of the teaching today. But for, <laughs> if anybody saw like you that saw that clip today, went you know what? I think I might check out that uh-huh, show. Uh-huh. <clears throat> You're welcome. The whole point wasn't to get me to go watch the show. Merry so Christmas in August, Brooke. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Well, um, I I always love the the stories, and you know, personally, I love the stories when it's when it has to do with Samaria and 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 the Jews mm. and how they how they handled each other. Because yeah. I think that there's so much involved in that that we that I at least for most of my life just breezed past and didn't understand. Right. Um, you know, and as you talked about, like, okay, well, you know, they they did everything they could to not go through Samaria because right. they hated each other. Yep. You know, because they were the half breeds and they worshipped wrong. Well, and it they, was more you know, the Jews hated the Samaritans. Right. But, um, but they definitely didn't but then, like each but other. But then it, it, you know, that, you know, hate breeds hate, right? Absolutely. And so, That's fair. well, you hate me, so, well, okay, great, I'm going to hate you back. And, yeah. um, you know, so, so there's always that. And, the, and then there's the, uh, the the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes. And I love how much of a, um, not just a great story it is, but how much of a smack in the face that story is. Total smack in the face. It's, I mean, it is. It's like a, it's... It <laughs> not just that the religious, you know, people didn't, or leaders... Right. Didn't do the right thing. Um, not just that this non-religious leader did do the right thing, right. but this non-religious leader mm-hmm. who's from that people group them. that we hate right. did the right thing. Yeah. Like in your face. Yeah. And you so, want to know what being a neighbor looks like? Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And so I love those. I love those. Anytime that, that especially, you know, in these two, those two stories, you know, the woman at the well and the, yeah. um, and, and the good Samaritan, like those two just really stick out to me. And I love it mm. just because it's so anti us versus them. Yes. You know, it's so much Jesus going out of the way to do exactly what he wanted to do and to show to us, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that just and so yeah, I I was I was impressed by the clip, and I'll probably watch it. I've always loved John chapter four, where that story is written for us. I've always loved it. Um, I think as a longtime youth worker, uh, both in the church and in the ministry of Young Life, I think I I've taught, you know, do a little fourteen minute mm-hmm. talk to high school kids with that passage as a basis. I've done it for years. Uh, to see it come to life on the screen like that, um, just to have him, to have her argue with him, yeah, and and just assume the worst. Oh, you probably think the worst of me, just like everybody else. Yeah, and he's so calmly. I, I Why? Don't, I don't condemn you. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, I, I think that's also part of my has been part of my worry about the chosen, having yeah. not watched it, not knowing anything about it, and that knowing that we don't have like a full on narrative right. of everything. You right. know, we don't know what those conversations fully looked like. Right. We have we have someone's version. So of it's it. risky. It's risky right. to fill in the gaps with dialogue. Uh huh. Um, and yet, uh, from what I have read, and from my own. Uh, albeit limited theological training, I've been really impressed. Case in point, I'll get I'll get nerdy for a moment. <laughs> Do you remember a few weeks ago, even in our Sermon on the Mount study, uh, we talked about the two uh, rabbinic lines yeah. of of Shimei and Hillel, right? And couldn't and have told you the words, but yeah, I remember stuff that. that I didn't know several years ago, mm-hmm. and and we don't talk about That's, those are Jewish mm-hmm. rabbinical lines of of, of thinking yeah. schools of thought. They go there in the chosen, like you hear the Pharisees hmm. arguing about Hillel and Shmay, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. A, I pronounced it right. <laughs> B, <laughs> like it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating the 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 work they did they put into accuracy, and so far I haven't read anybody that I respect hmm. that has said, "Oh, this is not doing it justice. This is not accurate." It's, and that's with the little one-liners that they're adding, yeah. you know, um, at one kinda, point, I was just kind of glad that they didn't have a British accent. Like, you know, yes, <laughs> I like, like that too. Uh, no, at, they didn't have at one point, I, if we can digress at one point, uh, when there's a scene where Jesus called, I even read this from scripture today in passing. Um, but there's a scene where Jesus calls Matthew, the tax collector to come follow him. Mm-hmm. And, um, in, in the scene in the chosen, Jesus says, Matthew, come follow me. And, Peter jumps up and goes, whoa, are you serious? He's a tax collector. Like Come he on. says, like that's not in the Bible, but Peter jumps up and says, he's a tax collector. And and uh, Jesus says something to the effect of, well, what happened when I picked you? Like mm. you weren't, you didn't fit. Yeah. You didn't, you weren't, you didn't fit the mold. And Peter goes in the chosen, not in the Bible, in the chosen, Peter goes, well, that's different. <laughs> and Jesus smiles and goes, Is it? get used to different. Mm. Like that's not from the scripture. Right. And yet it's this human uh-huh. portrayal of, okay, that seems biblical. Mm. That seems accurate in the context of what we read of the heart of Jesus and the way he treated people. And granted, there's a little more humor in The Chosen that is just fantastic. Um, get used to different. I love that. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 good. And and I love I love those things and and we've talked about this before, but I love those any of those kinds of things that's like this is context that we don't normally get. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard the story of the good Samaritan and didn't understand mm. that that was you know how big of a deal it was because yeah. I didn't I didn't understand the context around it. And that's no that's not like a slight to a church that I grew up in or to my parents or anything like that cuz <laughs> they probably told me and I just missed you probably it. Probably were doodling. You know, I probably was playing little, you know, <laughs> the little box game. It's like you square make the square dots, you know. Um I was probably just messing around, not paying attention, but it's like those kinds of things like those that that really interests me and and um, yeah. you know so just some of the books that I've 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 read like about Middle Eastern culture and mm-hmm. you know what what kind of things that that they would have had and uh you know um misreading scripture through western eyes and and That's individualistic book. eyes and uh you know just some of those things it's like oh man there's so much here yeah that when you just read through it you know what while there's great things in it you know and, what? put that just random put that book in our show notes if which, that appeals to any misreading oh, yeah. uh, scripture through western eyes yeah I'll do that that's a really good book that I know both you and I have read and really appreciated. 
I need to read that again, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> I was like, can you can you write this book about the whole Bible? Like, can yeah. you... <laughs> I need all of it. Keep going. Don't stop. Mm. Okay, so you talked about... Um, you talked about towards the end, you talked about three questions, um, being able to answer them, and you said, okay, take your phone out, uh, get in the app, we're going to answer these questions. You know, um, who are you going to go with? Because we're talking about purposefully engaging with someone. Who are you going to go with? What's the plan? And, and who are you going to tell about it? Why, and for lack of a better word, being purposeful, why, why are you um, pushing us to be so purposeful with being able to answer those three questions? Um, well, in a very broad sense, I think the teachings that we do, the things we're trying to teach and learn together, if there's no application, if there's no just tangible that you know working it out in our lives one we just forget it anyway right like if i don't if i don't do something if somebody tells me how to put this thing together <laughs> and i don't do it i just yeah. watch them um you know wait a couple of days i i couldn't do it you right. know so okay let's let's actually do something let's apply it so in a broad sense it's just trying to be um intentional in the way we apply a teaching um i that's a good question specifically in regard to the fact that I don't, I don't know how easily this comes for people. Uh, I'll, sure. I'll admit that as a teacher. I have, if you told me that, well, if you told me that more than half of our people <laughs> already do this, yeah, I would be a little surprised, mm-hmm. but I'd be like, oh, okay. If you told me that 90% of our people did not do this normally, mm-hmm. um, I would not be surprised. Yeah. You know, I just, I think that maybe we're intentional. Maybe even the examples I shared were poor because maybe we're all fairly intentional with our spouse or fairly intentional with our kids. Those are some of my examples I shared, but we're not, how intentional are most of us with our neighbors? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. how intentional are most of us even with our coworkers? You know, there's that, you know, there's that one coworker that you, you kind of click with and, and you hang with, but who else are you remotely intentional with at work? Yeah. You know, um, I don't know how intentional your typical 15 year old is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, my assumption as I watch my daughter, you know, do life, uh, not very intentional, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think, I think it's just meant to be a, a gentle, but, but clear push to say, just pick somebody, mm. just pick one person and notice I didn't say, okay, for the next six months, Right. You know, it's, it's pick one person. What's your plan for this week and who are you going to tell about it? So you actually do it and and report in, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I guess my last answer to that question, Brooke is I need it. Yeah. I think, I think usually when I'm teaching, I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. Usually when I have a hard word, it's for me. (laughs) Usually in a case like this, you know what? I need to be intentional. So I actually wrote down two names and um, they're both guys that go to our church that I have met with one-on-one before that I haven't connected with in a while. And I just feel the weight of, okay, I said I was going to be a, a good friend to these guys. I'm going to be purposeful this week. I'm going to ask them mm. if we can get a meal or, or a cup of coffee and, um, and just catch up yeah. and hang out. And that's intentional because it doesn't show up on my calendar otherwise. You know, I don't back into relationship with these guys. Right. So, well, we live in a society that, that no longer, that no longer does that well, I think, you know, I think about when we moved, 
when we moved to Wichita Falls and um, we we bought a house and it was on this nice little quiet cul-de-sac and um, one of the guys on the cul-de-sac even told me like celebrating he was excited and he was like oh man this is this is a great place to live like people get home from work and they pull into their garage and close the garage doors and he was like oh man it's like a bomb scare around here and I remember thinking well my kids are going to ruin that but <laughs> but I, I was just like I was like man that was that was the celebratory thing about where we where we moved was yeah. that Nobody cares about anybody else. You know, right. we've got our own things. We're watching our own shows. We're eating our own food, and we're doing it with our own our own little group. And we're not we're not you know commingling. We're not talking to each other. We're not going out. You know, right. oh yeah, I'll see you out there every once in a while. Right. But but that was the extent of it. And and so that was that was such a that was such a kind of an eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even not even in the moment, just kind of as I've thought about that, as we've talked about community, is realizing, man, there's so much of our lives that we live in the backyard. You know, yeah. we live in, not in the front porch, right? We shut porch. the door. We, we're in the backyard and, and we're not, you know, it's, it's, so it becomes a difficult thing. Like, okay, well, how do I, right. Be, our our be natural inroads are, are, are lesser. Right. But that's also why we grabbed a hold of meal, drink or activity. Right. Because I think if Jesus doesn't come for a thousand more years, food is always going to be the way we get together. <laughs> and so asking somebody to have a drink or, or share a meal, yeah. um, whether it's in your own home, which is pretty major to invite them into your space, or it's just in the middle of a work day, go grab some, yeah. you know, Qdoba or whatever. It's just, it's intentional. I would say that it's social in that regard. You're talking front porch, back porch meals, mm-hmm. social, but another level of this that I don't want to leave unspoken is purposeful, beyond the social, purposeful to share the gospel. With Pur- a reason, Purposeful yeah. to really love somebody well. Yeah. Um, and that, I'll out myself, I think back <laughs> to working for Young Life, which is such a great example of this, because uh, I've shared this with you before, Brooke, Young Life is a ministry to high school kids who are disinterested, who don't go to church. That's typically the target audience for Young Life. It's kind of like you're a fan of Young Life. I love Young Life. Mm, okay. Yes. It, I worked for them this for a long time. This is brand new information. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but what I loved about them, I was a church kid growing up. What I loved about Young Life is it it was in the face of this whole, if you build it, they will come mentality. Okay. Which churches fall into. Right. Um, Come to our thing. Come to our Sunday morning thing. Hey, right. you want to share the gospel with somebody? You want somebody to know Jesus? Well, I'm going to invite them to church so they'll hear Pastor so and so tell them about it. That's yeah. That's not yeah. That's not what it means to be his disciples. Be his disciples to tell people personally about it. And in young life circles, we were taught and trained. Okay, go befriend kids. Mm. Go into their world. They're never going to show up naturally in your world. You're old. You're 28. <laughs> you're 47. You know, whatever. Go into their world. Go to their games. Go to their practices. Go to their homes. Uh, and earn the right to be heard. That's one of the mantras. Earn the right relationally with them to mm. be heard. And then be purposeful with what you talk about. Be purposeful with sharing the gospel with them. Yeah. And, oh, it was so effective. I loved it. But here's, here's I, part of that's all set up to say <laughs> Brett was one of the guys that I really just really loved. He's a cool kid. I met him when he was 15. I was his young life leader all the way through high school. This is back when Halo came out okay. uh, for the Xbox. 
Um, so it's a video game for those of you that don't yes, play video games. I'm, I'm dating myself here, but there's there's been like six or seven reiterations, I think, of Halo. Probably. But it's it's a first person combat game, like a right. Call of Duty or whatever. Um, but when it first came out, it was it was the big deal. I remember being at Brett's house, like a good young life leader, playing <laughs> Halo with Brett and some of his friends for hours. Yeah. And at one point, I remember telling myself, "What am I doing?" Mm. I think I've played a hundred hours of Halo with Brett and his friends. How much have I purposefully talked to him about life? Yeah, and about Jesus, and and I'm not saying I didn't talk at all about that stuff. Right. It was just very convicting that okay, how, I'm purposeful socially. I'm purposeful with my time to mm-hmm. step into this mm-hmm. kid's world, which is no small thing. And I, but I'd earned a ton of right to be heard. I've earned a ton of currency to have a voice in someone's life. And I think I was convicted that I wasn't using it. So saying, saying a lot of things about sports and yeah, games. And, and I, you know what? Let whatever. go down that bunny trail. I think us guys are terrible at that. We'll yeah. talk about the Astros and the Rangers and LeBron versus Michael and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And when do we get to? How's your marriage? Yeah. You know, when do we get to? Are you lonely? I struggle with loneliness from sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. when do we let our guards down? Right. And um, much less talk about the blatant gospel, the right. good news of Jesus, you know. Um, well, that's what I like about this one is it's a it's 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 encouraging us broadly to be purposeful, right? As as odd as all those words are together. But you know, okay, maybe it's coffee, or maybe it's uh, going going to lunch, or maybe it's um, you know, I was having a conversation with uh, with a friend earlier. It was like, I don't know, um, I gotta. <laughs> I think they were joking, but I gotta go to coffee with somebody. And I was like, dude, you love golf. Go take somebody to golf. <laughs> go play golf. Like you can take me. Um, you know, but but being able to do those things and and it's broad. And you know, it's like however you need to be involved in somebody's life. It's being purposeful and being involved in someone's life. Like how are you actively putting yourself into yep. a position where you can spend time with somebody and. Um, I'm, I actually, I didn't have to think on my, you know, when you were like, what's the one, what's the one person I'd have to think not because I'm awesome or because I'm, I'm good at this because I'm not. Um, I, I just happened to ask the right question at the right time. And Mm. I think it was God orchestrating things where he was like, I don't think I was like, Oh, God's telling me to ask you how you're doing. You know, it was just, I just looked somebody in the eye and I was like, Hey, how are you doing, man? Mm. And then this this person like was like, yeah, and I was like, okay, so I need to follow up. You could tell there's, there's <laughs> something like, behind there's this. There's more to this, <laughs> and and so um, you know we're we're gonna continue to hang out, and I'll text him, and you know be Sweet. be more purposeful about it. But you know that's wait that's, a second. Am I the person you're telling me? I was gonna about? try to have a, a podcast interview <laughs> with you and see how it goes. No. Um, you know, but that's, what's great. It's like, okay, so how are you, how are you being purposeful about the people that are, that you're around? And this is, it's not somebody that's in my, um, normal everyday life, you know, Hmm. they're attached, um, to my normal, but you're not going to drift into that. Right. But it's, it's like, and and for me, it was like, God put me in the right place at the right time with the right words that came out of my mouth. Hmm. It had nothing to do with me. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, a non-feeler person, and I was just like, hey, make it small talk. Like, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a long time. And, uh, yeah. but, oh. <laughs> but you were aware enough to, and then I was like, oh, to pick up on oh, a signal. I need, to, I need to ask another question. And, yeah. 
So we got to spend some time together and, Very cool. and keep going. But that's what I love about it. It's not just like a, okay, so who have you um, stopped on the street and said, do you know, do you know if where you you're going tonight? tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just... Okay, so how how do we break this down for um, for for the different personalities, right? So mm. we've talked about the five voices. Um, I, I think I don't know if we've talked about Myers Briggs and all those kinds of things. There's different ways that that we respond to things. There's different ways that we interact with the world. Um, you are more outgoing than I am. Um, I am more introverted, and I'm learning how much of this I've faked for all of my life. The fake it until you make it is also fake it until you realize that you're faking it, and then actually be honest with yourself. <laughs> and and so I'm 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 learning that I have a tendency to not push that kind of a conversation and not do those things. So how does a person who is not social, maybe they're socially awkward, maybe uh, we don't know how to talk to other people when it comes to real things or real life, how do we break out of this? How does this apply to an introverted person or, uh, yeah. or somebody that finds themselves detached from great, uh, the people around them? Great questions. Can, can I go ahead and start my response by saying, <laughs> uh, I wonder about the same things. I've got a few thoughts, but I wonder what this looks like for, for, the uniquely different ways mm -hmm. some of us are wired. Uh, and I also want to invite, if you've got strong opinions about this, or you've got your, maybe your own unique perspective with your personality type, uh, would you email us? Like, I'd love to get a couple, three emails this week from some listeners, podcast at colonialchurch.com, yep. that say, you know what, I'm wired this way. And this is what it looks like for me to engage purposefully, or these are the hurdles that I feel like I have to face to engage with people relationally, purposefully. Um, I, I think the first person I always think about being really differently wired is my wife. Hmm. Um, she is, to use Myers-Briggs terms, extroverted and introverted. She is on the extreme introverted end of things. She would pay money to be by herself. <laughs> Uh, I have lots of friends. She has two friends, you know, she's, and, and there's nothing good or bad or better or worse about that. She's content with fewer friends. She's content, quiet by herself. So she is the, the person like a lot of us, frankly, who drive into our driveways, hit the garage door button opener. It opens, we drive in, we turn off the engine and we close the door behind us. Right. And we don't, it's not just that we don't talk to our neighbors. It's that we don't want to talk to our neighbors. <laughs> you know, it's just easier that way. Right. She's the one who doesn't answer the door if the doorbell rings. <laughs> she, you know, let's just pretend we're not home, yeah. you know. And it's not because she's rude. It's not because she's heartless. It's because she's an introvert, you know. Um, now, in fairness, I'm a, little more, I'm a little bit more E than I. I'm like 60, 40. I know people think I'm probably like 90, 10, but... <laughs> But I fake it at some level too. Sure. Um, I still like driving in and closing the door behind me. I still like not answering the door. Oh, it's a salesman. You know, I, I, I can relate. But I do wonder, I genuinely wonder for the introverts out there, what's it like to be told, okay, Jesus engaged purposefully. Okay, God wants all of us to engage purposely with our coworkers, our neighbors, our, our classmates. Uh, the people we run into at the stores, what does that look like? 
and the introverts of the world, for all I know, are going, uh. kill me now. You know, like, <laughs> are you just heaping guilt think and of that shame one person. on my life? I don't, I don't want to think but about it. But that person. is my pushback in the moment. That is my pushback is, okay, not the world. Yeah. You don't have to turn into gregarious, you know, <laughs> never met a stranger person. Yeah. Who's the one person? Because God did make us relational, and he did make us for community. Mm-hmm. And so who's the one person? Um, extreme example, maybe for the, for the hardcore introvert, maybe it's not even somebody that you see every day. It's that person you used to be good friends with. Yeah. They live in another town now, but you know what? For the first time in a long time, you're going to be intentional. You're going to be purposeful about reaching out and reconnecting and just seeing how they're doing and asking how you can pray for them. Or, um, so two things. One, I think it's for everybody. Yeah. I think the scale can change. You know, I think the Martin Becks of the world who never met a stranger, who probably has, hundreds of people who would say, oh yeah, we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Martin probably remembered all of their names. Right. Uh, their that story. engaging purposely for him probably looks different in fairness than it does to my wife. Yeah. But I do think it still applies. Yeah. Um, I am very curious though what that looks like because whew, I guess I just want to humbly admit, you know, I'm a connector creative. I'm a I'm a more extroverted than introverted person. I'm a I'm what they call a people person. So is it fair that I'm enthusiastically telling the world, "Hey, let's let's be purposeful relationally with each other." Right. <laughs> and you're, you know, introverted and or uh detail thinking types uh whether it's cuz of awkwardness or it's just cuz I don't have the feels for that or a contentment without it, whatever it is, you know, what does that look like mm. to engage purposefully? I don't know. My brain comes back to, okay, but you're a dad. Okay. How are you going to engage purposely with your kids? Yeah. I don't care what your personality type is. You got to be intentional with your They're kids. They're still your kids. Okay. You're married. How are you going to be purposeful in the mm-hmm. way you engage with your spouse? Courtship was years ago. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. You know, or are you going to continue to pursue and bless and serve so, I don't know. I feel like I have a mixed, mixed emotions, yeah. mixed thoughts about it. What do you What do you think, Brooke? Well, I think, um, I think, I think it's it's the purposeful is the is the is the thing. Because a lot if of you're room not, for 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 uh, all of it in there, right? Yeah, it's a it's a broad term. Be purposeful, right? <laughs> well, but it, but it's you know for for an introverted person or even even somebody that's more introverted than I am, like I've just been in church and things long enough that I'm not, you know, a, a closet. Like let me let me not ever talk to anyone. I get bored. <laughs> I'm like okay, well, what are we doing now? But I think for for people like that that don't want that, it's not that it's not that you have to. I think what you said, it's not like you have to go work the room. You know, right. It's not like, okay, I need you to go to the restaurant and you're going to go from table to table and you're going to hand them tracks (laughs) and you're going to say, I want to talk to you about Jesus. It's literally, okay, hey, Steve, you know, whatever. How do we, uh, you know, hey, let's, let's go, let's hang out. You know, whatever that looks like. Maybe that's playing Halo on your, on your N64 or whatever it was on. I don't know. Did you say N64? I did. I was trying to come up with something old. Should have said Atari. Um, 
you know, so maybe it's, maybe it's, yeah, we are playing, you know, we're playing golf or, uh, you know, it's, it's somebody that you, that you met in some random way or, or whatever, but it's being purposeful with that one person. I think it's, I think that's the big deal is that it's like, all right, so how can I engage with one person Mm. or, or whatever that looks like rather than what feels like, oh my gosh, but now I have to get outside my bubble and I have to. Uh, you know, talk to all these people and it's like, well, I mean, you, maybe you have to get out your bubble and maybe you have to have a conversation that you don't normally do. And maybe it's the person that you're sitting next to at the Chick-fil-A while your kids are climbing through the play playground yeah. play thing, you know, and then, and then to throw your, to, to, to add your, your, your kids and, and spouse into the mix too. Um, it's like, I mean, that's that, those are, as you, as you like to say, the low hanging fruit, um, but it is still like, it matters. It matters. It matters big. Like, what are you doing to spend time with yep. those, with those kids? And we've done, we've done things like, all right, well, you know, once a month, I'm going to take you guys out. And then we had four kids and it's like, okay, I feel like I'm eating out all the time. Cause I have to take my kids all the time. But you know, how do we, how are we intentional? And, and for me, it, it, it comes back to how am I intentional with what they like to do? You know, is it okay? We're, we're swimming laps because, I have a kid that likes to do that, so I'm helping her with her, um, you know, her 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 dive and her turns, and I'm being intentional with her. And then we get to have conversations, you know, or or is it is it my son that likes to build with Legos, and we can build cool things, and and we get to have different conversations, you know, because I'm putting in effort and time into different areas, and and then you know, my spouse, my wife, like when it's me shutting up, not talking about the things that are going on in my life and not saying, uh, you know, being surface or talking about our kids, but really getting down to saying, so what's going on with you? Like, how are you, how are you feeling? How are you dealing with X thing that's going on, but being purposeful with our conversation Mm. and then shutting up and listening, you know, Mm. (laughs) I hear that. So, Mm. okay. Let's pause. Okay. We'll come back next week. Love it. We got another one to go. Yep. What's, what's week four? Which is week six, which is the, (laughs) (laughs) what's the fourth one that's week six that we're going back and doing? Yeah. Uh, It is sharing boldly. Sharing boldly. Which I, I, I've already uh, prepared most of my, my teaching. And so I remember saying this, it, I I really believe for a lot of us, it's the most challenging. Um, That's not fair to everybody because I'm sure we're all over the map on which one of these is the most difficult. Right. But I think, I mean, the number one fear in more than one survey is public speaking. Public speaking, sure. And I so so sharing boldly what we believe and why with people and praying boldly over people mm-hmm. is is out of a lot of our comfort zones. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited because I don't think it has to be that difficult. I don't think it has to be that. Uh, I don't think it has to look like what a lot of us think it looks right. like. Um, it's not on a stage in front of a crowd. Right. It's not like a weirdo preacher person it's it, it, there's ways to to just weave it into what god's already done in our lives and i'm starting to starting to preach so i'm gonna stop i i, I really <laughs> do think that uh we're gonna finish strong and then i want to talk about what we're doing next but i'm not gonna i'm gonna hold back okay two weeks we're gonna start a new series and i'm, I'm really excited about it all right we'll do that yeah. we'll wait um yeah, so we won't talk about any of those things no. that, are, that are coming up. No. Then, and we won't even tell you what's coming up next week, which is number four of week six. Number four, week six. Yeah, that's yes. right. <laughs> Makes no sense. I love it. Who's in charge here? Ah, oh, God, man, for real. 
you know, take me out of the details, and all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we have uh, we have things coming up. We have more about Colonial that we did today. You mentioned that earlier. Yes, we had 70-something people today, uh, free meal, yep. a lot of fun, and I think some clarity on where we're going as a church. So we have, we're doing it again in two weeks. Uh, go to the app and register. Yep. We have stuff. We have childcare for kids. We'll have a meal for kids. It's after the 11 o'clock service in two weeks. More about Colonial. If you're listening, it's for you. Everybody, whether you're brand new to Colonial, you've been there forever, sign up for more about Colonial. It's going to be worth it. And if you don't sign up, you can't go because we have to make sure there's enough food and all the logistical side yeah, of things. We, so you have to sign up. you got to sign up your kids. It's not just to show up on, on the 22nd just show up. and you just gotta, be like, oh, well, I want to go to that thing. Because it's, free, it's free meal. you got to have, yeah, you gotta, we got to know who's coming. Right. Okay. We also have groups and studies. Those Registration are kicking is open. Off. Those are kicking off uh, the first week of September. And... Um, don't wait. Jump on the app and scroll through your options. There's existing groups that if you're interested, you can, uh, like I, my wife and I are in a group. I got a message today from somebody who's new to the church, said, hey, we want to know more about your group. We're thinking about coming. Can we come? So there's no. Um, yeah, I, okay. didn't, I didn't say no yet. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, you can, you can check out groups. There's also some study options. And the main thing I want to say, and mm-hmm. we're, you're going to hear us, I, I think, just beat this like a drum is if you at all want to connect, if you want to build some friendships, take some steps forward in your involvement in Colonial, in your discipleship process personally or as a couple, sign up for a study that starts the first week of September called Rooted. A specific study. It is a specific study called Rooted. Yes. It is a 10-week study that a ton of people, I'm banking on we're going to sign up for i don't know if we're going to have four or five rooted groups we might have 16 or 18 rooted groups Mm. um that would really surprise me but (laughs) i really hope we have just a bunch of people that sign up for this rooted it's a short-term commitment uh and a chance to build friendships and get connected here at colonial and it's going to be fantabulous yeah and i mean even we when we did it as a staff just trying it out um, that was one of my favorite parts was, it was like, yeah, so there was Bible study and I'm like, yeah, I've been a part of church for forever. So, you know, more, more Bible study. But one of the, the, the great thing was, is like, let's get, getting to know each other and hearing each other's stories and, yeah. and how we can pray for each other. And like, that was, that was a really cool thing that I was not expecting. And, Agree. and so it's a great way to get connected and, and get to know. I mean, and it was like, this is with people that we already knew. Like yeah. <laughs> I've worked with these people We all worked years. together and it still was like going deeper. It oh. was, it was, that was yeah, sweet. Right. Stories I didn't know. So, yeah. So that's cool. All right. Um, welcome back. Glad to have you back. Hey, thanks, man. I'm not going to go anywhere for a while. Any uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Pray for my wife. Um, we're delivering our firstborn tomorrow. I think we're driving home from Stillwater, Oklahoma, crying the whole way tomorrow. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, pray for my wife. Yeah. And you. Yeah. As the feeler. Come on. I think I'm not allowed to be sad. I think she's having such a hard time. I have to be the, the strong one, which... Mm. I think the counselors in my life would go, okay, red flag. No, you can be, you can be sad too. <laughs> then you're just going to break down at a different time. Uh, all right. 
Well, uh, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. So, um, by the way, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information at Colonial um, at ColonialChurch.com or from the app that we have on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or your feedback at podcast at ColonialChurch.com. It's our email. And uh, thanks for listening, and we will pick up our conversation again next week.